When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Rashford, he's in here. He scores! Marcus Rashford takes yet another step up the ladder. And it's a lad from Manchester who scores. Thank you, man. Bars in my head like shampoo. Violate my squad, might bang you. Only champs in my team like man you. Yeah, like man you. Thank you, man. Bars in my head like shampoo. Violate my squad, might bang you. Only champs in my team like man you. Yeah, like man you. Welcome, welcome, welcome to another episode of Muga Making United Great Again. And it's been a good week for us United fans. We're eating good right now. I am your host today. I'm Michael Akadiri and I'm joined by Gaz. What's going on, Gaz? I'm good. I'm good, fella. United are rolling. Let's get it cracking, man. I'm all good, bro. How are you? I'm blessed. I'm blessed. I'm also joined by man like Rodney. What's going on, my guy? Mm, What's happening, bro? I'm good, man. Yourself? Uh, we're, we're eating good right now, man. We're, on we're a good eating roll. something, boy. We're eating something. We're in four competitions, and when when you get to when you get to nearly the end of Feb, and you can say you're in four competitions, you're doing all right, man. 
You're doing all right. So, but let's get straight into yesterday's uh, game against Leicester City, which uh, ended 3-0. But I don't think 3-0 tells the sort of whole story. Um, guys, what did you kind of make of a game, which I'll say the game of two halves. What did you make of them? Um, I think just if I look at the, the starting lineup, it didn't give me any huge surprises as to who we went with. Um, I think the the idea of sort of changing our centre backs has been quite an interesting dynamic because they're the key to the build up of the way we play football. Um, so, for example, if you have Maguire, he's more likely to try and carry out the ball and try and sort of dribble out, quote unquote. Whereas someone like um, Lissandra Martinez is going to fist, he's going to uh, he's going to punch the uh, the passes through. Um, and then obviously that means if uh, Martinez ain't playing, you're more likely to have Shaw, which changes the balance of the team, and Lassie's more likely to come in. So I found that quite an interesting dynamic where we still managed to perform, even though we've changed our centre-backs quite a lot. Mm. Um, so yeah, that, I, I guess I'm looking at more of a perspective of the team lineup, and um, yeah, there was no surprises really. I was surprised Sancho got dropped, but then he's only just come back into the team, and Garnacho needs minutes as well. Um, but yeah, otherwise the team didn't surprise me in any any sort of not way. Not even workhorse at number 10? Uh, he's been he's been in there though, isn't it? I think he started there against Barca. He moved into there against Leeds as well. Uh, yeah, yeah. The second half, and he's doing an okay job. He's very underwhelming as a footballer though. So, um, and I'm sure we'll get into his actual performance at some point. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, but yeah, my, that's my thoughts really. It's just I weren't surprised by the lineup. Maybe by the way we start the game, but um, I'm sure we'll get into that. Yeah, yeah. Obviously, the way we start start the game, obviously Leicester, Leicester are peppering us, and we had to rely on a few saves by David Gehea. Uh, Rodney, what what did you sort of make of our sort of slow start? Um, I thought I thought the first five minutes we started well without actually creating anything. I thought we were. Um, I was quite surprised mm. actually because I thought it'd be a long afternoon, but the first five minutes was all right. We um. We didn't create much, then we created anything, but we was it we was in the game. But for after five minutes before Leicester came into that game, I think we mm. gave them confidence with the fact that we wasn't winning any 50-50s in yeah. the field. I think um Fred and Sabitza were leaving far too big a gap earlier on in that game. We had problems down our left hand side earlier on with Ganacho. Shaw and Martinez consistently stepping up into midfield. And if you're going to step up into midfield, as we both know, or as we three know, you have to win or you have to affect play. Mm. Martinez and Shaw kept doing that and they were getting spun or they just weren't affecting the game. And it was causing so much problems down our left-hand side that Tete was having a field day. I think he had a... Yeah, mate. He was having an absolute job. I think he had a few shots. Uh, He had a few shots. And then Madison... In that first half an hour, I was finding so much space between Savitsa and Fred and in behind them. And then you saw that for the Barnes chance. I think um, Madison was behind. No, sorry. I think you saw that for um, what chance was it? It was probably Iannaccio's chance. Iannaccio's header where um, David De Gea made a great save. You saw that um, Madison was playing behind and in between them. And it happened, it happened all game, really. And they were, we conceded so many chances, not so many, we conceded a few chances where Sabitza and Fred either lost the ball in midfield or they were losing their 50-50s. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, yeah. If you, look at, as well. if you look at their biggest chance that they created, their biggest chances they created, they were all from 
either Fred losing the ball, Sabitza losing his jaw, or Martinez, who uncharacteristically had a, a poor half, I felt. Like, if you're going to follow Ian Nacho in, you've got to mm. affect him. And we'll talk about how, how, how he did it in the second half much better yeah. than the first half. Mm-hmm. Because, um, yeah, we'll touch on the second half. But, yeah, if you're going to come out and you're going to leave Lindelof with a decision to make with two or three runners, you've got to win that ball. If you don't win that ball now, our, our defence is being stretched. And that's what happened for the first 25, 30, 30 minutes. I don't think um, Leicester were as dominant as I first thought they were. Having watched the game back, it was a bit... I think it's a bit overstated. I think we was watching it with a lot of emotions and um, watching it back. I think they created two or three good chances. The Barnes chance earlier on, yeah. where um, David De Gea made a good save, the Anacho chance, and then they had a, like, a, a few half chances. Like we had opportunities ourselves in that first half. I think the Dallow chance. Yeah, they, uh, yeah, yeah. The chance where box. Bruno overhit that pass out to the right, where Rashford would have been through on a shot. Rashford had a shot that was blocked. Yeah, we had a, we had a few of our own opportunities in the first, in the first half. I thought it was I thought Leicester was Leicester's dominance was really overstated. Probably, mostly by Gary Neville actually, because I thought I thought although we wasn't great, <laughs> and although we wasn't building and we wasn't sustaining attacks, I felt there was there was apart from five five to seven minutes, probably fifteen to twenty second minute. Apart from that, I felt we we were in, we were in that game it was pretty end to end as like you saw with probably like Leeds game. It wasn't like Leicester completely dominating us. I think they had maybe two, three ch- big chances, but other than that, yeah, it was all it was, it was problems all came from our left hand side and our midfield man. I, I think. Sorry, yeah, go on, go on. No land, land. I was gonna say I think they had they had phases in their dominance where they looked after the ball quite well, and I think obviously as as Rodney mentioned, we were the cause of our own demise in some senses where we were either pushing too high or they were working the ball where they drew out um, our left-sided players in Martinez and Shaw and then that left space for the likes of Kelechi, um, Tete and Madison and I think for, for, for Barnes's chance I was really impressed with Kelechi's like little slip in it was really really good um, but I just think they were winning as Rodney mentioned they were winning all the duels which is which is the key and if you're not winning your duels they need to be quite solid in your defensive stance and we weren't they were able to bypass our our midfielders quite easily and there was a lot of space for them to play. And then when we did have the ball, I guess, even though we created chances, there was a lack of connectivity in our attacks um, up until obviously we scored we scored the goal and then you started to see the boys knocking the ball about a bit better, more so in the second half. Um, but yeah, I'm sure we'll get into that second half because that was probably the better half of the game for us. It was. And just to, whilst he's joined us, obviously, let, let me introduce Seb. Seb to the, post, to the pod, he's joined us right now. I want to bring you straight in, Seb. Obviously, we talked about um, the lot of chopping and changing with the team. And our normal centre-back pairing is Martinez and uh, Varane. Obviously, yesterday he went with Martinez and Lindelof. Do you think this rotation of the defenders is sort of not allowing us to build successfully from the back and leaving us vulnerable to uh, the breaks that we saw of Leicester in the first half? Yeah, 100%. But it has to be done. It's a necessary evil. Um mm. With uh, Varane and his uh, injury record throughout his career, he's someone that has to be managed. Uh, he's had a few injuries already this season, had a few injuries last season. So we know where he's at. And I feel like actually he's done he's done quite well in regards to being available for most of the games. But especially during this like compact period where we're playing games every three days or three or four days or so, I think this is where you use... Um, your subs bench and of course 
Um, with that, there's a negative impact on the team where there's no no continuity. It's not obviously a real partnership. But with that, you just get through the game, right? The aim of the game is to get through the game. And when <clears throat> when we do have our starters on the pitch, that's when we obviously aim to see um, like a Barcelona type performance where we're actually, you know, um, playing good football and um, we're we're built we're building up better uh, from the back. So yeah, man, when when you haven't got your your first team um, defenders uh, or your first team defender, or one of them are out, the aim of the game is just to get to to get through it, man. Or 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 even when you look at the 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 last three games with Casemiro out in the league, aim of the game is just to pick up points and get through it. So yeah, man, it just is what it is. Yeah, we we did have to weather the storm, and luckily, luckily Leicester didn't have uh, their clinical shooting boots on to finish the game. Obviously, David De Gea, to be fair, was in fantastic form. Uh, with that, we knew though he's a very good shot stopper. But moving on to obviously the first goal of the game at about the twenty-five minute mark, uh, Bruno, who was playing, he was on the right wing, uh, put in a through ball to Rashford, and he sort of slotted it very well. Guys, what did you sort of make of? The through ball one and two, more importantly, Rashford's finishing because uh, he had a lot of time to think about his finish there. Yeah, definitely. I think before I even notice, before I go to sort of the pass from Bruno, I think what I noticed throughout the game was the bits of ball recoveries were very impressive. He isn't necessarily someone that's going to progress the ball from deep, uh, and neither is Fred. So I guess that was our issue. But once we got the ball into the final third and the second third of the pitch, that's when I think we obviously made things happen. And I think that suits the bits his game as well. Um, so when he won the ball back, I think the ball landed into Bruno and Bruno, obviously, it's Bruno, in it? Sometimes those passes aren't going to come off of him, um, but he's, he's a necessary evil. I think Sebi used that term a couple, uh, couple minutes ago. <laughs> Bruno's a necessary evil in that he takes risk and it, and it will come off. And I think especially when you have someone like Rashford, who's playing the way he's playing now, who's making those runs in behind and when he gets in front of goal, he's so confident to, and he finishes with such confidence now. I think Bruno has to kind of make those passes because there's no one else in the team that that will or can or has the capability to, shall I say. Um, and especially when you don't have maybe someone like Sancho, who's a very connecting type of player, who likes to interconnect and likes to, you know, you touch, I touch. I think you need someone that's going to try and make those passes happen. And that's what Bruno did for the for the goal. It was sort of an instinctive as soon as you got the ball, boom, into Rash, Rash in behind. And obviously, what I loved about Rash's finish, and I'm sure Shebi and, and Rodney will have more to say, is that maybe a couple of years ago, he might have even try to pass the Garnacho, more likely he would have just shot and you know without really composing himself before finishing. But he's in such a rain rain of form now and such confidence in front of goal where he, I had no doubt he was scoring. And that's be- even the commentator might was it the first goal or the second goal? I can't remember. For one of Rashford's goals the commentator mentioned second goal. He's about to score. But yeah, I think it still mm. applies in terms of we just know now Rashford is so confident in front of goal. So yeah, really, really pleased with all aspects of the goal. I think a lot of our goals came from ball recoveries and our ability to to pick up the second balls. I think that happened maybe once we scored, actually, because they were winning a lot of those first duels. But once Sabitzer did that, fine, Bruno, I think that's when we came into the game. Yeah, and it kind of was slightly... Obviously, Leicester were on top for the first sort of 20 minutes of the game, uh, that 20-minute period. So, obviously, the game, the goal came against the run of play slightly and it showed the difference in clinical finishing. Mm-hmm. I just, I was going to go to Rodney, but just because I know Seb is a big rash fan, uh, Stan, what, what did you think of his finish and obviously what, what guys were just saying now about how a few years ago that may have not been a goal? Yeah, 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 yeah. You know, um, I, I'm really, really happy um, he shot because uh, for me, 
Um, I don't care what anybody says. And there's obviously been some disagreement like online and it's obviously like all in jest, but no striker passes from there, right? Like you shouldn't be passing from there, especially in the, the vein of form you're in. Now, let's say, for example, you know, fuck it, it's the, it's the 89th minute. Uh, maybe you got a pass, bro, brother. Like maybe, maybe you got a pass, yeah, but yeah. with that amount of time in the game and with how confident he is, I, I was really happy that he, he chose to shoot. And yeah, man, it was a really, really good finish, really precise. And um, he's 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 showing um a, 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 he's showing some variety in his finishing, like that side netting. That's well practiced. You know what I'm saying? So um, yeah, I was really, really, really happy with that. And yeah, it's just a more. Oh, also, bro, like just to double on what you're saying, it's also his goals are coming from different areas of the pitch now. He's scoring from the right, he's scoring in, in the middle of the in the in the penalty box with headers, he's scoring from that right, from that left hand side where you know he wants to cut in and maybe either visit or finesse it in mm. a way. But he's scoring from different positions of the pitch, whereas before most of his goals would have come from that left channel or that mm. left channel sort of running in behind into center. But now he's adding such variety to his game. So it's really just it's great to see his development, to be honest with you. 100%. And yeah, it's the what well, everyone was asking when Ronaldo left, who's going to replace his goals from last season? And I think he's matched Ronaldo's tally from last season, wasn't it? Now, so wow, we're better off about that guy, man. I'm so happy. Oh, <laughs> vindication. <laughs> so, moving to the second half now, obviously, we're talking about a variety of Rashford's goals. And the goal, which obviously there was a bit of talk whether it was offside or not, VAR gave it in our favour. Well, Roddy, what did you sort of make of uh, that part, the through ball to Rashford and obviously him cutting in uh, from the left to finish? Boy, I said something in the chat and I got um, a bit of a backlash. Um, Fred's final ball? Mm. Yeah. <laughs> two assists in two games. Two assists in two games. And you know what? Good passes as well, to be fair to him. Mm, yeah. Let's talk about it. <laughs> mm, now nah, I'm joking. Good, good, good pass. But what I, I want to rewind it back um, earlier on in the move because first half I spoke about um, Martinez and Shaw stepping up into midfield, either following um, um, Uncle or just stepping up. Uncle, to try and he's ball. younger than you. That's crazy. <laughs> he's what? He's, he's, he's younger than you, because. <laughs> <laughs> He's obviously going to be younger than me. I'm old, man, but he's he looks old, man. So I'll give him that old. Anyway, yeah, yeah. yeah. Le- leading up to the goal, you saw Shaw stepping into what? Shaw, yeah, Shaw stepping into midfield and winning that ball. First half, that wasn't happening. You're stepping into midfield and you're not winning that ball, and you're getting passed around like a cone. Before that, before Fred gets that ball, Shaw wins that ball, and that's the benefit you have of your um fullbacks or your centre backs dropping into midfield, winning that ball, and then you still got your attackers and your midfielders high up the pitch. That didn't happen in the first half, but for the second and the third goal, Martinez and Shaw win the ball. Martinez for the four, third goal, Shaw for the second goal, and then it gets out to Fred. And then when you win that ball high up, it then allows you to play against a back four that's not stabilised. Mm-hmm. And then you saw that you saw that with Rashford's um. Rashford's run. As for the finish, I, you know, I, you know what I like about Rashford times. Some re, uh, keepers expect you to go left or right, and Rashford goes hard and low and through the something through the middle, and keepers aren't keepers can't deal with it because it's coming at such a pace. That oh, one yeah. there was just it wasn't left or right. It was just underneath the keeper. Right underneath Danny Ward. Yeah, 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 and it was hit at pace. And his one against Barcelona through the legs of the keeper. And I think this allowed goal one as well through the legs of the keeper. So 
I like, I like Rush's hard, low finishes. It, it, you expect him to finish that. Like the commentator said, he's through on goal. You know what that means? At the moment, mm. that means a goal. Means a goal, bro. It's crazy. That means a goal. That that means a goal. And um, that was him. That was him. Also, what I liked about that about Russia's continued performance in the second half is that he moved from up front to the left. Mm. There was no there was no change in his performance from moving left from moving up top to the left. It continued, and it wasn't like he moved to the left and his actions got worse. It just stayed Probably more dangerous. Sometimes, if anything, yeah, yeah. Sometimes when you move positions in the pitch, sometimes it's hard to get back into that flow because obviously you've been used to seeing the picture one way you're playing in defense you're playing against center backs and you're moving out to the left so shout out rush from being able to be that flexible in a game and still have the same effectiveness boy is he scored two game? goals no yeah go on go on I, I wanted to know and mike even you can speak on it bro if you want like what did you think mm. of Ten Hall taking off garnacho again at half time to sort of bring on sanction why do you think he maybe did that it um, made sense man it made absolute sense i think garnacho uh, the two games he started, I think one was Leeds and today has shown he's probably not ready to start. He's probably not ready to start games. And that's no slant on him. He's a young player and um, United United don't have, as good as we're playing now, we don't, we're not set up as a team where you can bring a young player in and we can carry you through games. You kind of need to be at that level of a start and I don't think he's quite there yet. And the substitution who he brought on and where everyone moved made complete complete sense. And we'll probably touch on what Sancho brought to the game a little bit later. But yeah, he, he just wasn't, he, he wasn't at the races. It wasn't a good half from him defensively. Uh, we didn't really touch on it in the first half. Defensively, he was poor. He wasn't really following his man. He didn't bring anything from an attacking sense. Not many did, but if you're making substitutions, you're always going to look at maybe bringing Ganacho off to move Rashford back to the left. And then where else you can fit pieces in because you can move a lot around with your up top, your number ten, and your right hand side at the moment. So yeah, it kind of made sense to me because it wasn't it wasn't a great performance. I don't think we would have got much more out of him in the second half. So yeah, it's not a slant on him. I just don't think he's quite ready to start games, and um, maybe he should just go back to a substitution role where there's less pressure to perform. Yeah, there's not much to add from that. I think. When you're like, like the super sub sometimes, obviously he came on against Leeds and got the second goal to saw the game. Uh, he's done it against Fulham. So when you've done that a few times, obviously there's always going to be that clamour. No, let him start, man. Let, unleash him. Let him do his thing. Da, 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 da. And then you see, that as you, as you rightly say, it's a different ball game when you have to start the game and you're not coming in with fresh leg against tired legs. Everyone's on the same sort of energy package and whatnot. And there's probably more responsibility in terms of pressing and the formation rather than trying to stretch the team on the front ball. So, um, yeah, I, I think, yeah, he's 18, he's young. He will, he will come good. He's, he has been good. Like, let me not slight on him. He has been good. I just think that, as you say, we can start drip-feeding him more. But I guess with I our squad... I think he's been fast-tracked, bro. Like Not, not like in a, in a way to say like he's not been good. He's Bro, he's had some great moments, and especially for someone so young. But like, I think I even listened to a podcast last season with one of the former coaches who used to work with him, and he said, "Garnacho is super raw. Like the progress he's already made is amazing, but he's super raw, and like there's so much for him to learn. And like you can see it in in when he's in like when he starts games compared to when he comes on as a sub when there's more space. He's obviously facing tired legs as well, and it's not a slight yeah. on him whatsoever. I think some of the abuse or whatever he got." A couple of weeks ago was so out of order. Um but like you can but, see the yeah, kid... everyone yeah. So yeah, I think no, of course. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 
No, of course. Yeah, these young player, and obviously that that's that tactical awareness and tactical uh, understanding of the game tactically improves over time. And obviously, no, we know we know how fans are, man. Something small happens, they enlarge it, inch, mile, whole sort of thing. Um, but the player that obviously replaced uh, Ganacho was Jaden Sancho, and he scored the third and final goal uh, of the play. Good interlinking play between Rashford, him, and Bruno for that goal. Um, and he was Sancho in the number 10 role. Uh, Seb, what, what did you sort of think about uh, uh, Sancho's performance in the second half and obviously his goal that he scored? I like it. Um, Sancho, uh, come on, and he, he, he livened up uh, the pitch. Um, I think he plays a traditional 10, uh, which is like, you know, that I touch, you touch, link up, off the ball, one-twos. Um, I think that those that's what I actually prefer uh, with my number 10. I feel like, in, in modern day football, we have the hybrid 10-8, which is like a bit more of a like a all-round working midfielder. Um, and that's what kind of like Bruno is, um, which is not really like my, my preference. I kind of like the Sancho's where it's like you have one specific role, bro. Um, and it's like to create, but to also um, get on the ball and keep the flow of the game going, move the ball quickly. And and, and we saw that he done that. And this is why Jadon Sancho is very, very intelligent. Because if you go and look at um, the goal he scored, um, generally, uh, once um, our, one of our players, and everybody is guilty of this, every single player but Sancho is guilty of this, once that pass goes into Bruno, instead of making the run, and forcing that pass from Bruno, people just wait back and look for the ball back, and maybe they shoot, or maybe they 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 cross it first time, or something like that. Nobody does that one two other than Sancho. That's something that he always has in his game, and mm-hmm. it forces the player, whether the player is great at a final pass or shit at the final pass, he makes the player on the makes the decision um, for the player on the ball so easy. All you have to do is give it back to me. And that off-the-ball movement literally is everything. And um, I was really, really impressed with that. And ultimately, this is what he's been... Like, this is what I want to see from Jadon Sancho. I always knew, for me, in my opinion, the only position he had at Man United was a number 10. I've been saying it in my group chat. I just didn't think he has everything out wide. And also, what I, I like about it is come back and he's moved the ball quicker. Right, and that's also a big thing. He's moving the ball quicker, um, and yeah, man, that, that the team's looking good. So I'm really, really happy for him, and I feel that that number ten role, um, as we progress and maybe like next season, I want to see him like starting more games there, and um, and maybe Ten Hag, like just picking and choosing. Like if we're gonna go with a four-two-three-one, then maybe Sancho's the number ten. If we're maybe some games we go with a four-three-three and Bruno goes as the eight, and we obviously get another midfielder or whatever. However, we want to play it, but I want to see a bit more rotation and um, a bit more tactical flexibility uh, with the team and Jaden Sancho in it. Oh yeah, most definitely. I think if you're not gonna be quick physically, then you have to have a quick brain and quick feet. So you 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 pick pick your poison, so to speak, in that regard. And but would you obviously with the rotation uh, coming back coming to you guys? Obviously, Sevi was talking about role. He wants more time for Sancho in the number ten role. That means that well now we're course, but traditionally Bruno won't be having as much time there. But he's shown flexibility in the right wing. Would you? How do you? How do we keep everyone happy at Man uh, United? We're, we're at the moment for this season at least. I know we're in 
still in four competitions and there's so much football to be played in such a short space of time. So apart, Bruno seems to show quite a lot of resilience physically. He never really seems to be injured or fatigued. Um, but I think that the, the, the right side role works in an instance where if you have someone like Sancho in the 10 and you have someone like Rashford who's willing to make those runs in behind, I think that's where Bruno's utilised best because, and especially, I guess, if he loses the ball, on because he's such a high-risk player, if he loses the ball on that right side, uh, the transition impacts the team less compared to when he loses the ball centrally where he could be quite callous with his passing, or careless, sorry, shall I say. Um, so I think it's just a rotation thing. We have to try and make the most of the squad that we have. Uh, we still have someone like Anthony. I know everyone's not a big fan of him. We still have someone like him to come back who Ten Hag seems to like. We still have potentially the ghost of Martial. I don't even know what that looks like, but we still have him somewhere hiding, <laughs> lurking somewhere. So there are still players to also come back. I think, obviously, Ten Hag is utilising McTom to some degree as well. So we have players that... I think it's just a rotation thing up until, you know, we, we find ourselves... We find out where we are in these other competitions. But, um, yeah, just what Sebi said about Sanchez is spot on, bro. It's like, I want to see him interlinking with the other players. And someone like Rash, Bruno to some degree, Mar- Martial when he's fit, those type of players love you touch, I touch, and, and interlinking. I think it works well for the third goal. I think it works well in certain games where we need to just we need to just make sure we retain the ball. And that's one of the things that Sancho I've always known him for is his decision making on the ball. He read he never really used to give the ball away carelessly, whether it's through his passing or through his dribbling. And that was what was worrying when we saw him last season and early parts of this year, where He's just giving the ball away. So to see where he is now, it's, yeah, it's, it's, it's amazing. And hopefully, I think there's more to come for him, to be honest. I think there's still so much more for him to show in terms of, in terms of his ability on the ball and what he can bring to the team. And I think under Ten Hag, we're going to see a lot more of it for sure, man. So that that was uh, Sunday's game. Anyone want to add anything else? Because I was going to move on to the basket game. Any other points people wanted to raise about our win against Leicester? Anything noteworthy? Or have we sort of covered it all? Um... McTominay being back, I've, you know, you know what's funny is that now that McTominay's back and Casemiro's back from suspension, apart from the Barca game where I think maybe Fred m- might be useful, but maybe not so because Sibitz is probably just a less erratic version of Fred, so you probably don't need Fred either in that game. But 60th minute, 2-0, I think it was. Later, Fred. Come, McTominay. Come on the pitch. And none of us here, we, we don't rate McTominay like that. But you saw the difference from the 60th minute right through to the end of the game. Leicester did not create much. And that's just because McTominay can follow instruction. You may not be able to plug the gaps like Casemiro. You may not be able to sniff out danger. But you're there in front of the back four. And I felt he got a lot closer to Madison, a lot closer to Madison than Fred Orsabitza ever did in that first uh, 45 minutes. And this is not um, this is not to shout out McTominay in any way. It's not. It's the more to slander Fred. <laughs> so <laughs> let, it be, let it be clear that hopefully we don't have to see him because he was mainly, he was the architect of our downfall in that first half. So Bitsa, you can sort of see what he can bring next to Casemiro. Fred... Yeah, not so much. Even though he got an assist, you can't really gloss over what he what he didn't and did bring in that forty five minutes, both games against Leeds or and and then again in Barca. So the fact that as soon as McTominay's fit, you come on in the sixtieth minute, and um, we don't really concede many chances after that. I don't know if you look can remember any chance that Leicester had after the sixtieth minute. Fair enough, they were pretty much deflated at two nil. But even even our transitions that we that second half performance is 
what I speak about on the timeline with um, certain fans. That is how you control football matches. That is what you can what you can what you can call a controlled performance. And I think we've only probably seen that against Tottenham early on in the season. Oh, what a game that was, by the way. That was yeah, yeah. So Leicester performance, if you look at that second half, that is control. We didn't give up many chances. Leicester couldn't get into the game. And we sust- we sustained attacks a lot better than we usually do. And that's simply because we moved an actual footballer into the number 10 role. <laughs> Just... no, but you know what it is? That what I like about Sancho is that he's not going to force things. And he yeah. will make the right decision. He will slow down football when it needs to be slowed down. Bruno, he's always going to try and force that. So he's always going to try and force that. As good as he was yesterday, he gave Two the assists. ball away. Yeah, yeah. yeah. But as good as he was, he gave the ball away 30 times. Now you can make allowances for offsides. <laughs> you can make allowances for other things. But 30, 30 times is a crazy, crazy oh, you number. you mean legit, right? 30 times he gave the ball away. Possession lost. You're lying. Ooh. 30 times, and he finished with a 62-point-something percent pass completion. Now, that is fine, because like Gaz said, we don't have a player who is going to find Rashford like that off off the first time. Maybe Sancho does, but he likes to slow down the game, which I I particularly like, because you don't lose position and you can sustain attacks more, and you keep your pass completion to a reasonable rate that helps the team. But yeah, Sancho going into that number 10, that, that, that really did add to how we controlled that game and sustained attacks because that combination play he has like Sebi and um, Gaz touched on means we don't lose the ball. That ability to make the right passes means we doesn't we don't lose the ball. That ability to pick when he makes his right hand, makes the runs and leaves his leaves the midfield vacant. He picks yeah. those picks those like his, the chance he had on the left hand side. He picks those runs really, really well. Whereas Bruno's maybe like, I'm going where I'm going. Whatever's behind me is whatever's behind me. So, yeah, I think Sancho was definitely the catalyst. And um, if we're going to control football matches, Bruno even needs to get his game to somewhat that level. Or maybe he needs to stay out on the right-hand side where his weaknesses are masked and his strengths with somebody who can play like Sancho in the number 10 come out. Because as you saw in the first half and the second half, um, right wing for Bruno is completely different and that's purely because he can connect with Sancho like he can't with Wilkos boy 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 yeah yeah for so real. I think no. I think Barca probably comes too soon for Sancho to play in the number 10 for me yeah. because I think he, he might he, he might have a horrid game there but um, yeah like Sebi and Gaz said we probably want to see um, a little bit a little bit more of Sancho in the 10 but what does that where does that leave Bruno do you know I mean, what's cool though? Do you know what's cool? It's when like as fans, we and Sebi's Sebi's spoke about this before. Like when fans, we as fans, we talk about how we think the team should work, right? And we have all these ideas. We think Sancho and we thought Sancho in the 10 from maybe last season we were discussing it in the chats. And like to see it come to a realization is is like it's generally so cool because we actually could see the vision of Sancho. Vindication, isn't it? And it working through skills. And even Ten Hag said it. I think he's after the game he mentioned he said something like Bruno and Sancho work very well, they combine quickly and it's like difficult for, for opponents to follow them because the ball shifts so quickly, more so because of Sancho. And he said that like Sancho likes to receive the ball in those sort of half spaces and works really well in the, in the pockets. So I think it's something that he's seen in training, he's analysed the skill set and said, okay, maybe you, was, you were a winger when you were playing in the youth teams and maybe you were a winger when you were coming through at Dortmund, sort of winger slash inside, but now I can see where your skill set works and that's the sign of a, of a cracking coach. So glad to have uh, Mr. Ten Hag on board, man. 
Yeah, well, I, I always, yeah, I think Ten Hag puts into obviously it's not that he's listening to our group chats, but I just think that things that us fans are seeing and making note of, you then see it reflected in the decisions he'd make, and it's like logical. It's not I'm doing this because I believe in it and it doesn't work and being st- stubborn. It's like no, mm. he's very practical and he's thinking. Sorry, Rodney, I cut you off. What I do want, what I do want to just put to the group because I don't have a Bruno agenda. I think he's been, I think he's been good this season in the sense that his game is completely shifted, and you can see that in in his numbers sort of not being as high as they are because you're not taking as many risks as you used to. But yeah, um, I do want to ask why, why, why are we seeing workhorse in the ten and Bruno out wide? Like what? I know Eric Tenhart. I did put a um a screenshot of what Eric Tenhart said, and that was because basically he said. Workhorse creates space for others so that they can play in half spaces. That is um, either Rashford, Sancho or Bruno. So is that something that Bruno can't do? And is that not what you expect for a player who plays in Bruno's position? So, uh, yeah, go on, go on, go on, guys. No, I'll, I just think it's the fact that Anthony's not available and he doesn't want to put, <laughs> he doesn't want to put Rash on the right. Um, and Anti's not available, so Bruno is playing out of necessity because where course of the right wing is a calamity. Um, that yeah, that can't run. So, and also, I think when where course drops a bit deeper, it and Rashford goes up top, it allows more space to Rashford because more, more time, obviously, because where course is a more physically imposing figure, they're like, oh, he's coming for a header, let me go to where course, and Rashford is free to get his header. I think that happened. Was it against Leeds that happened? I think. Mm. Um, again, I think leads the goal we scored at Ellen Road. I think that was uh, that that same thing happened where people are attracted to Weghorst and Rashford has a header uh, that he can score from. So I think Weghorst playing there is more because Bruno is better suited at the right wing. And then right now, I don't think we have any alternative, especially if Sancho is not going to play on the wing. And it's just it's also there's so many like I think the other the other things to consider is the fact. Ten Hag ideally would play Martial if he was fit, but he just hasn't been fit. Like Ten Hag has spoken about him. Maybe he's a bit of a politician and a liar, but he's spoken about him so highly, saying that like we need Martial to play. But he's just so unreliable to the point where well we had we had to use Webhorst. Um and I think what Rash provides up top is the dynamism to run in behind and stretch defenses, which then creates space. Nothing, I'm not saying anything revolutionary, but then it creates space for the other players that are in behind, whether it's a Bruno, whether it's Dallow pushing forward into like this, the, like the half spaces, whether it's Sancho, Rashford's movement does create space for others. Um, but it's a means to an end because ideally, I think we would be playing maybe Anthony or Bruno out wide or Bruno and Sancho in the 10 with Martial up top and Rashford on the left. That would be what I would consider to be maybe his ideal team. But we're working, we're dealing with what we have at this moment in time. Which again, I think he deserves a lot of credit for. Ten Hag is working with what he's got. Not, he's not necessarily got everything right, but I think for the most part, he's been spot on with his decisions. And I think, um, it seems to be working for whatever reason. So, you know, um, yeah, it'll be interesting to see what it, our team looks like if we do get Martial back fit for however many games. And if uh, Anthony's back in as well, it'll be really interesting to see how that looks. Most, most definitely. Most definitely. We might as well just quickly touch on the Barcelona game. Obviously, the first leg of uh, it's round of 32. Is it Europa League round 32? No, hey, no, no. One of these no, knock- no. 16, round 16. It's a qualifier, it's a qualifier. that round. Oh. <laughs> oh, wow. How long is Europa League, boy? Hot damn. It made it longer, isn't it? For um, yeah, yeah. Wait, money purposes. Yo. 
anyway, what, what Rodney said, that's that's the game we played, the little first leg, and that ended 2-2 at the camp now. Um, Rashford, our main man, obviously gets a goal and basically forces the own goal. Um, Seb, what did you sort of think about our sort of performance uh, out there in Barcelona? Yeah, man, I feel like we should have wrapped the game up. Um, we had very, very good chances. Like, when, you know, at the start of the game, I felt like, we, we had the best chances, but when the game finished 2-2, with the chances Barcelona had, I still feel like we should have at least had a goal advantage, but 2-2 is good value. I mean, um, it was very, very high-quality match, like Ten Hag said, and um, I think maybe Barcelona were a bit surprised by how well the team was um, and the improvement. Um Fred had a horrible first half, but second half he put in an all-time classic. And this is this keeps going. This goes to like uh, a podcast, maybe like two, two, three weeks ago when uh, Morale was talking about potentially keeping Fred. I'm like, fam, I need to know if you're shit or not, bro. I can't do the confusion thing. And then the other day he did the confusion thing again, bro. He was shit in the first half, and then second half he put in an all-timer, bro. I can't do that. It just doesn't make no sense for me, man. But yeah, man, I think um Rashford was a was a big problem. And Barcelona actually set up um I, I can't remember what switch they done, but they actually they put, set, uh, Ario right back in it. The, yeah, right uh, back in it to, to the Uruguayan defender. Yeah, so assuming that Rashford was gonna play on the left. Um, no, I think they put Kunde right back, or they swapped it. Oh, no, they put Kunde centre back. Alonso and Kunde were centre backs, and they put my man, the Uruguayan Don. Yeah, uh, yeah, right back. So they, yeah. So they made a bit of a switch to obviously do Rashford, and I think like we just kind of caught them off guard. Um, and yeah, and was good value for it. And um, what we have to do is obviously just finish the game at, 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 at Old Trafford. But I'm, I'm assuming Barcelona are going to be way better than. Um, way better than the first leg. But also, I feel like we've got some confidence, so we should be way better. And I think it's going to be a game of whoever takes their chances first. Whoever uh, takes their chances first. Rodney, you were going to come in to add something to that. Think, I don't think Barca are going to um, be any better, to be honest with you. I think they picked up a suspension and an injury, which makes them significantly worse. I don't think Busquets is back. So... I think two of their better midfielders as well, Pedro and Gavi. I do think they're going to be they're going to be slightly worse off. I don't think Xavi takes the competition as seriously as he should. To be honest with you, because they're like top of the league, eleven points clear. So maybe he has no need to take this seriously because he made switches and brought in Alonso. Although he scored, you don't you wouldn't like to think Alonso comes in in a big game that you consider you need to win. So I don't think he's going to take it as seriously as um, Eric Ten Hag is going to. Uh, our team's going to be stronger with a few players coming back. I think Zabitza and Martinez both coming back in after suspensions. So yeah. I do expect the second leg to be much more comfortable than the first leg. And we're at Old Trafford. And this season, as you lot know, Old Trafford is a bit of a fortress. So I'm expecting a 2 3, three one maybe even a 4 ones. To be honest with you, wow, that that comf- that comfortable, yeah. Barca, you know what? Barca did create. They did, they, they did create a few opportunities, but they they didn't look anything like something that should really threaten United in attack. Had we have taken our chances in the first half, is game over, second leg. So, um, yeah, I think if we if we start fast, get um, a few clinical finishes from the main man, maybe a Bruno finish, 
Yeah, I think it's game over. I don't. I really don't expect Barcelona to do anything in this game. To be honest, with you. if we lose, it's going to be for silly mistakes that we've made, rather than Barcelona being good. I honestly think it's going to be a three-one, maybe even a four-one. Is that is that is that unanimous unanimous with the rest of the group? Uh, yeah, me and Rodney did the Patreon and we said, well, I think we both agreed around a three-one, and that's not because. We don't rate Barcelona per se. I just think I think that the teams are on a somewhat even kill, but I feel as though their their suspensions and injuries are so key. And I think we're just a good team. And I think what we've started to do so well is to ride out the tough periods in games. So even if we do concede or if teams are mounting serious pressure on us, um, we managed to find a way to hold out in those situations. Whereas before, last season even, those would have been capitulations. Those would have been one and two goals and then three goals and then the game's done. I think we saw it in Brighton. We saw it in the, the Watford game last season as well. We saw it numerous times. And I think Ten Hag's instilled, again, we talk about these silly things, but like the passion and the determination to work hard for each other. The small things in football which make a big big difference, he's managed to install in the team. So, yeah, I'm going to this, into this game reasonably confident that we can pull out a win. Um, and if we don't, it's one of those things where that's a cup gone, but it gives us, I guess, a bit more leeway to focus on other things like the FA Cup and maybe a higher league position. So, yeah. Yeah, go on. We could do without the fixtures. You guys is right. We don't really need Europa League fixtures. If we could beat Barcelona over two legs and still go out, I'll take that. (laughs) I just want to beat Barcelona. I I don't really care about the Europa. If it was any team other than Barcelona, I'd I'd probably say, yo, listen, forget it. But because it's Barca, I think... uh, Yeah, yeah, there's that. But the fixtures are... If we do go through... Our fixture list is going to be crazy. It's going to yeah, it's going course. to be a real problem because they have to fit in those two um, Europa those two Europa League ties, so home and away. Between, I think just after if we just after the fifth round, and we've still got so many Premier League, it's just going to cause such I mean, a mess. Yeah, of course. And we've we've our home game against Brentford has been postponed this weekend because we are going to Wembley on Sunday to play in the League Cup final against a new Castle United side without their keeper, Nick Pope, because he does not know that he can't handle outside the penalty area. <laughs> um, <laughs> Seb, what would you, what, looking forward to Sunday's game, obviously we've got a game against Barcelona three days before where Eric Ten Hag has rested players like Varane. So what sort of side are you expecting and what, what sort of result are you hopefully expecting? Yeah, we're in a tricky situation where I think we have to play um, our strongest side in both games. Um, ultimately, ultimately, if I was like, like if, if I were to write the script for the game, is like we get a few early goals uh, against Barca um, and after 60 minutes, we start to take off some of the key players. Um, but for me, I'm, I'm not as bullish against Barca as, let's say, like Rodney or Gaz or whatever. I still feel like um, it's going to be quite competitive. Um, but yeah, if, if we do get some goals early on and we can make it at least, like if we if we can score three goals at OT, um, then yeah, like I'd look to take off a run. I look to take off Rashford, I look to take off Bruno um, because Newcastle are going to be well-rested and also it's going to be super competitive. They are in a um, a little bit of a slump, but that's obviously to be expected because they're overachieving. Um, but 
you know, slump or no slump, cup final, it's a different, it's a different, you know, it's a different ball game. It's a different mentality. So they're going to be well, well, well up for it, especially because this is probably the only thing um, that, well, this is going to be the only thing they're going to win this season. But also when they, in my opinion, drop out of the, <clears throat> of the top four, this is going to be something valuable that the fans are going to be able to hold on. So if they get a top six finish plus the uh, the Carabao Cup, that's that's an amazing platform for them. So um, they're going to be super, super up for it. Um, and United, again, like similar, we haven't won a cup in about, what, five, six years. Um, so again, we, we... Yeah, so we, we have to be up for it as well. So I think the players are obviously hungry for success. And um, Carabao Cup is great momentum, um, as we've seen over the past three years for the league. Like, it's, I, I don't know, there's some like dodgy stuff connected to the Carabao Cup and the league. Yes. But um, I definitely feel like it's good momentum. And it sets, you know, United's mentality straight that, yeah, this is a winning team. We've achieved something. And let's see if we can achieve more. So... Um, yeah, man, it's going to be very, very uh, interesting to see on Sunday. I'm just hoping that we can finish Barca early so we can get some of the players rested. Guys, would you do the same? Would you would you aim like aim full strength both games? I think you have to try win as many games as you can. Um, it'd be a shame to see this, the wheels of the season fall off. But I think, listen, the chance to win a trophy. We haven't won since I said. I think since we won the Carab, the last time we won the Carabao Cup in the Europa League. So, and if that's the case, yeah, bro, go win a trophy, win a trophy. Um, play, take it game by game, essentially. See how the Barcelona game phases out. Go out to win that game, and if we win it, great. We rest, we recover, and we try and win the Carabao Cup, and then that's out of the way. Then you can sort of maybe focus on how you plan the league on the FA Cup and the. Um, uh, and the league, so yeah, I, I agree with Seb. To be honest with you, I ain't got any um, any other thoughts on that. Because after after obviously we got Barcelona Thursday, Newcastle Sunday, Wednesday West Ham in the FA Cup, then the following Sunday away at Anfield to Liverpool. Then the Le- so that is a very busy what ten? Is that how many days is that? Is that nine days? Nine ten days? Yeah. So we'll play four games in nine, ten days. And no, they're not going to be all easy. Four different competitions, four tough games. Obviously, West Ham aren't in the best of positions. But apart from that, all four four, four tough sort of games. Any game at Old Trafford is a tough game uh, when the away team comes and they're up for it. So we're really going to stretch our squad. Yeah, that Apple game is going to be it's going to be peak because I think Liverpool feel like they're, they think, I think they're found, they found, I feel as though they think they're found some form. They ain't Sorry. found shit, man. Liverpool ain't found shit. Ten. If you watch that game, yeah, it's a false. It's a false narrative. They are shit. We're going to Anfield and we're gonna beat them. Newcastle, they're shit. awful. I reckon we could play some of our little lads and win that game comfortably. They're fucking shocking. Newcastle. They haven't. Won, they've won one game nah. in like seven games. Yeah. They're, they're, if we go into that cup final and Newcastle and Newcastle manage to beat us. We are the biggest idiots because Newcastle haven't won a game in like seven, bro. What in seven? They haven't scored more than two goals since oh, like November or some shit like that, bro. No, no, no. I'm yeah. not having it. We can't go into that game and like, 
having played Barcelona or whatever and going to that Newcastle game, that like Carabao Cup final with confidence, I don't know, man, then man, we're not really rating our season and we're not really rating how good the team is because that Newcastle side, I'm not having them. I'm not having them at all. Yeah, they've got more draws than wins. You can't draw, you can't really draw a final. You've got to go to win, brothers. So come on, we're winning that one. They're going to be a bit defensive. You know, they tried to keep it tight. Obviously, yeah. it didn't work against Liverpool, but they're going to try to come and keep it tight. They We didn't score against them when they came to OT earlier in the season. That was a nil-nil. Um, so, you know, they've got they've got some pedigree and it's going to be a final. So when it's the final, everyone tends to raise their game. I think it's the first final Newcastle have been in. Got Bro, we got to win. <laughs> one thing, one thing I want to say: Newcastle, when they play play away from home at the big teams in the league, they they're going there to draw and seeing if they can nick a win. So their, def- yeah. their defensive record against big teams away from home is sort of built on the fact that they're going there. They're not really going there to win to win a game. Yeah. Like you watch Newcastle play; they're not going. We're in a cup final. They're now having to. They don't. They have to attack. In my opinion, something. Yeah. In my opinion, if you sit off and try and hit United on a counter attack. At the moment, it's 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 risky business. It's risky business. We got mm. Rashford. We got Rashford lurking. I'm I'm very confident on that game, you know. Very 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 confident. So you you think it's not going to be tight? You think it's going to be like a three 0 No no. I just think we're going to be by far the better team. Whether we one nil two nil, I'm not really worried about Newcastle. If we lose that, <laughs> boy. All this chat has to has to be replayed. Because right, <laughs> this is the first time that I'm really looking at games. Which other people look at like, oh, it could be sticky, and I'm saying nah, that's a that's an easy win. Like Barcelona and Newcastle, like who would have thought me or anybody really saying that Barcelona and Newcastle are going to be free ones and easy games? Like, is well, it's probably not the case, but speak it into existence, isn't it? Yeah, amen to that. Hopefully, man. Seb, are you the same? Just to make a full house, Newcastle. You think you think that's just a a, a win? And we, we keep yeah, it has, it has to be, man. It has to be. Casemiro is back. Casemiro said it's all be playing um, against whoever Newcastle have. Pope's out. Rashford in good form. Sancho coming back in good form. I feel like we have a wrong side, man. Like if we can't beat Newcastle, there's there's a lot a lot going on there, man. So yeah, like I, I feel like we should. But I just Hopefully don't think it's do. gonna be like a washing. Mm. I think it'll be tight, man. They're not they're not gonna they're not gonna go down without a fight. Even if they don't come and attack, they're gonna there's gonna be bodies on the line, like defensive, defensive, defensive. And, so. Yeah, yeah, definitely. They got injuries as well, isn't it? Willock's still out. I don't know if he's gonna be back. And who else was out when they lost to Liverpool? Been out as well. But Bruno's gonna be back, isn't it? So or the Gamara's guy's gonna be back. But Willock's gonna be out and apparently he's important to whatever it is they do on the football pitch. Yeah, he's high energy, man. He's high energy for them. Like, yeah. yeah. So they're gonna miss. They're gonna miss their high energy. I don't rate. Yes, I don't rate Newcastle, man. I watch them play sometimes, and I just apart from October where they were slapping teams three, four, five nil when Almiron was having a um, goal of the season competition to himself. Nah, man. Nah, I'm not having them. Not having it. Okay. All right. Okay. Well, we'll we'll, we'll see what happens on Sunday. Let's we might as well just go into some listeners' questions. Thank you, everyone, for submitting. Uh, Rudy submitted one, but I think we've kind of answered it. Rudy was 
thinking what we were thinking, should we go full strength against Barcelona with the final two days later? And I think the consensus here is that we will go full throttle with both and hopefully be able to rest players um, like in the in the second half of Barcelona. Rank in order of preference. This is from Shenny Boy. So thank you for that. Uh, he wants us to rank the League Cup, the Europa, FA Cup or top four. Why not league, my guy? Why not the, the league title? Why do you put top four there? Anyway, he wants us to rank those four things. So, guys, we'll start with you. Out of those four, what is most important to you and what's the least important? Um, mm, a high league position is most important for me. Mm-hmm. And then the Carabao Cup, then the Europa League and then the FA Cup. Only reason FA Cup is lowest, although it has the the more heritage out of the two cup competitions. Yeah. Um, the League Cup is the closest thing we have to win in right now. So we have to play what's one game. Exactly. Whereas the FA Cup, we're in what, fifth, fourth round, fifth round? I can't remember. Fifth round against Everton home. Yeah. So for now, the priority has to be the league still because that's your bread and butter. And essentially, I can't have Arsenal fans thinking they've got the one up on us too much. Do you know what I'm saying? So, um, Jeez. I. League over you a potential European trophy. Is that what we're doing? League position. European, European trophy. Me doesn't give me any feels, man. It doesn't. That... Man, fuck the Europa. We won it already, brother. Yeah. It doesn't give you no energy. It's nah, not. Like, you're not gonna put another star on your badge for the Europa, like. Who cares about yo. that? Man? It's only because it's Barca why fans want to see a win. Other than that, Europa is just a constant thorn in our side at the moment. Makes you I don't care about Europa. Nobody asks. I don't know why people do. Like, European... Like, it's a, it's a second-rate European competition. Ain't nobody giving a fuck about Europa. I told that to Sevilla, boy. Yeah, that's... A, but Sevilla, take it seriously because they ain't never gonna... They, they haven't got any aspirations. No, but they also... They have to take it seriously because that's how they get into the Champions League. Yeah, yeah, that's how they get into the Champions League. And then... Yeah, like, like, yeah. Europa is just a glorified top four for me. It's like... Obviously, yeah, like if we were six, I'll be like Europa first. Like, <laughs> it just literally depends on where you are in the league. That way, that's where you place Europa. And because we're currently third, and in my opinion, I think we're like, you know, we have a good, a very, very good chance of staying third or being in the top four, or whatever. Europa, in my opinion, will be near last. Like. I don't know between that and FA Cup. Like I might even want the FA Cup before Europa, in my opinion. Yeah, same, same. I'll take the FA Cup. I don't. We, when's the last time we won one? Was it Van Gaal? Yeah, twenty sixteen. Van Gaal. Yeah, I believe so. His last trip. game before they ducked them out. Yeah, yeah, give me one more trip to Wembley, bro. One more trip to Wembley this season. Jeez, you got one Europa. more in you. Where's Europa being played. Europa. Uh, oh, let's 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 find yeah, that I'm... out. Um. I'm gonna say uh, Hungary. I think it's uh, it is where and when it's gonna be played. Yeah, in Budapest, Puskas Arena on the 31st of May. Buda. I thought it'd be somewhere in the Caribbean. Budapest is actually a nice place. Apparently, I've never been. I've I've been been there one time. It's these. What Budapest? Yeah, I don't care to Budapest in no final. So yeah, I'll take. I'm gonna go with guys. What guys, what guys said, I'll go top four because that is our bread and butter that gets us into the Champions League next season. And the position we're in, if we don't get top four, it's a freaking disaster. Then obviously the Carlin Cup or Carabao Cup, League Cup, whatever people want to call it, purely because it's only a, a one-game competition now. 
and then FA Cup because I think why not? And the Europa because Damn. why? Why? Yeah, I'm gonna go with Gaz. Seb, what? is it full house what? or are you gonna you gonna say something controversial? No, 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 same. Same, same, same. So that that is it. Okay, we got we got quite a few questions. People, there's a lot of talk about Mbappe on the timeline now. Um I, I didn't know he was unhappy. Um can you know, Rashford and Mbappe play together? Let's have a bit of fun. Can yeah. Rashford and Mbappe play together? Yeah, definitely. Uh, good, players, good players. I think good players always work. I think it could be a front two. It could be one out wide, one up front. They're, they're just good players, bro. And I think I think Rashford's found a new level. And I hopefully he can maintain that. And I believe he actually can. And Mbappe is one of the best in the world. I don't see why good players can't play together as long as you've got a structure that works around them and a great coach. And we, we seem to have that. We seem to be building that. Obviously, this is fantasy. This is like FIFA Ultimate Team talk. But I think it could don't they Don't they want to play the same position coming in off the left? Don't Isn't that where Mbappe wants to play? Isn't that where Rashford wants to play? Rashford's shown a versatility in the last couple of weeks. Even when he's not having a great game, he's shown the ability to play in different positions or take up different positions on different positions on the pitch. I think it I think it could work, man. I think they're both good players and I think good players work together no matter what. As long as again you've got the coach to make it work. So when this Qatari team ta- uh bid takes over, how many how many mils? 150? Ah uh, boy, it'd probably take more. PSG would they're not gonna let me go willingly. He's not going for less than like two fifty or something, bro. <laughs> two fifty yeah, yeah, that's how much. How much name will go for? Two fifty, isn't it? Two hundred, two hundred. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah. you're going for less than two, two, two fifty. Away from us, we got rash. Yo, we got rash. We don't really need. I don't think we should spend. Yeah, I'd, I'd, I'd take him because he's one of the best players in the world. But his time at PSG, not he's... performance-wise, but off the pitch and all of these other things, I don't know. If that like goes into like this ten hog, I am the captain of yeah. that, like thing. So I know like, I'll, I'll take him for out, but I just yeah, yeah. The, the the harmony of the team. I'm not too sure. That's I just don't. Any... Go on, go on, go on Roddy. I don't see how it works. I honestly don't. I can't I, see. You just play, I think you just play Rashford up top. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But then even even playing Rashford up top, he still likes he still likes that left hand side run. Which is not, he's not gonna, yeah. I'm, I'm not, I don't, I really don't see how it's gonna work without one of them saying, Yo, listen, <laughs> I need my position back. I said, Like, I, I really, I, I, I'm not a formation, I'm not a coach, so I don't know. I, I don't know, but from the face of it, like Michael said, they're, they're similar in, in the work that they do. I think Mbappe has spoken out about playing up top in this PSG side. He doesn't like it. He doesn't want to play there. He feels he's isolated from the game. He can't showcase his talent. So he's not going to go on to- up top. So you're asking Rashford to go up top. And, and if you're asking Rashford to go up top next season after just having the best season on the left, I, I think it's a bit of a disrespect. So I, I, I don't know. I don't know. And that, and that Ninja Turtle brings so much off-the-field drama, bro. Honestly. <laughs> we, ain't ha- we ain't had that set. We've just got rid of Ronaldo, who brought loads yeah. of we yeah. don't. I don't. I, and the players we sign are pretty much the opposite of to what Mbappe is and what Eric Ten Hag sort of likes in in his players. Not to say he's not a great player. He's a fantastic player. And it kind of sounds mad saying you don't want him, but I don't see how it works. Two hundred fifty million, whether it's the um, whether it's the creator money or not, because we still have to we still have to stay in line with financial fair play. Like we can't obviously go absolutely ham. So I don't. I don't know. How, I don't know how it works, and I, I'll probably. 
Neymar would probably be cheaper. And oh, Neymar, he's good. Thirty-one. He was thirty-one this month. Yeah, I wouldn't even take him because again, again, he plays. He plays on the left, and then you're asking yeah. Rashford to go up top. And I'm not a firm believer that you can just throw Rashford up top and you're going to get what he's giving you now. So that's when Rashford's playing low blocks week in week out. The team's going to need to be at a level where they're finding him consistently. And um, he's going to have to improve his, his, his runs a lot more when you're playing a low block and his um, his little nouse in the box. So I, I don't know, man. I like Rash left wing. I think why change something that's not broken? Mm. Mm-hmm. It's crazy, it's... but I'll, I'll leave it as is. No, nah, you know, you explained yourself, you articulated yourself quite well. And also, another aspect to consider can you have two players who are in the team that say to themselves, I'm him? You know what I mean? Can you have two people who think I'm the guy? No, I'm the guy. Like with PSG, they've got three players that probably say to themselves, "I'm him," but has it worked out? Don't, I don't think it's worked out. And you obviously see that, and you see that you see on a pitch sometimes when it's not working out. Like you see that display, and it's very like it's very different because British football is quite different. Like where we pick up on like attitude and body language and all of these other things, and we're we're very like like British fans and British pundits want there to be like respect, and you know I just I can I can see the Mbappe thing work and like being horrible. Like, but I would not say no to him, right? I'd I'd love to see the horrible train. Like, we'd win, and then in two years, the team would blow up. Like, one of them would have to leave. But, um, yeah. I can't I, let the Manchester boy leave. Surely. No, he, 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 definitely, he definitely will be staying, in my opinion. But I'm saying there would be, like, a, a big blow up. I, I can literally sense it. Like I can, But the only thing I, I do like about Rash is that Rash isn't greedy. Rash isn't... He's a super selfless person. And f- to his detriment, in my opinion, he's happy to play number two. Um, and I've seen it happen. I've seen him, like, be on a hat-trick, give away the the, the third goal and all these other things. He's just a selfless human being. So, yeah. So... I just think also, just... I know we want to move on. I just think they're also horrible presses off the ball like they're just both not great at it. they're both not great at it, so it'd just be horrible and I don't think Ten Hag would want to fit in two players who can't press or have the willingness to press that's and that's partly why Wout Workhorse is in the team I'm seeing pressing stats I don't, I'm not even seeing goals I'm just seeing the amount of times he presses so hey, sorry 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 so I just had a I lied man <laughs> Fucking hell! I'm just thinking about that that, that World Cup final. That guy is good, man. I'm thinking about that World Cup final. That guy. What am I even saying? It's crazy talk. It's crazy. Bring them both, and whatever happens, happens. Yeah, I, Seb's right. That's crazy talk. I'm thinking about that World Cup final as Seb was talking. I'm thinking hmm, that volley, that penalty, the, the the character it takes to do that. Yeah, lad, man. Bring him. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I love sorry. it. The the the, the, the run back. He ran it back. He said, "You know what? We could do of two players that say I'm him. I like it." <laughs> we got we we have got some someone Don Colleone, Cole Sanusi. I think he, you and Rodney have the same thinking because the question was here: How does Fred keep getting away with this? Um, I think we've. <laughs> I think it was touched upon during the pod, but um, thank you for thinking along the same lines as some of our 
sort of co-presenters here today. Uh, uh, quite a few questions on midfielders. Uh, what does our go-to midfield three look like next year? And how does someone like Jude Bellingham fit into the team? So, anyone want to jump on that? Um, obviously, there's wishful thinking in it. And when these questions get asked, like, sometimes we get carried away and start saying different stuff. Look, Bruno's going to play. Right, so Bruno's in there. <laughs> let's 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 not let's not. Be this... no, he likes Bruno. He's captain. He's not. He likes Bruno. Captain. Bruno. Bruno guys get moved in the summer, and Bruno yeah. will be club captain. Bruno. Bruno is gonna play. Bruno's gonna be captain. So let's let's get over that one, right? Casemiro is gonna play, a hundred percent. And Jude, Jude, if Jude were to come, uh, he plays next to Casemiro, and that's a perfect. Uh, well, that that double is a perfect double. Whereas Jude being like the box to box, um, he's a he's ball carrier as well, bro. A ball carrier, which is like what we need in that center of midfield, man. Exactly, exactly. Like Jude just like carrying the ball, and I think that would be amazing balance. Um, it's going to be difficult because you know everybody and their aunt wants Jude to come to their team. Um, Man United, in my opinion, I don't think that they actually are in the picture. I think the only way Man United can secure Jude Bellingham is one, if we get the Qataris, two, um, if Liverpool finish out the top four, um, and three, if Real Madrid look elsewhere. I thought, and and actually, and four, if Chelsea look elsewhere as well. So I think those three clubs are, are ahead of us in that pecking order. And also, like, Jude has, like, they, his dad and all of that, they've come to the club, they've seen the club, they've had their conversations. I don't think it went really well. So I just don't see uh, the family revisiting um, Old Trafford. But by some miracle, if we do get him, that would be perfect. Um, because when I look around world football, and um, maybe Gaz or maybe like some some maybe any of any any of the people in the chat may know more than me. I don't think you know we're blessed with the next generation of central midfielders, central midfielders, uh, midfielders that are, are available. Um, obviously, Madrid have copped you know the the ones that everybody was was loving, and they're doing whatever they're doing. But I don't know where the next crop are. Um, the old guards, they're they're facing out, so it'll be interesting. And again, I, like I, I I don't watch like every single league and every single club, so I wouldn't know, and I don't know yet yeah, who's out there. But we definitely need that box to box player uh, to come in um, and 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 uh, fit in alongside Casemiro. We definitely do, because obviously Ericsson, obviously Ericsson's out now, and Ericsson was much of a stopgap on the free transfer whilst we find that player. Obviously, we were hoping we were shaking our asses for Frankie Gion, but I don't know if he's going to leave. I don't think he even wants to leave. He, he said he would rather stay at Barcelona and not get paid. So um, let's look elsewhere. And if anyone, we'll find out in the chat, we'll talk in our group chat, maybe on the following next week's pod, we can have a little talk about who's out there. Um, but I think we should probably wrap this up for now. Thank you for everyone that submitted questions. Sorry to those questions that we couldn't get to. But I want to obviously thank our panel today. I want to thank you, Gaz. I want to thank you, Rodney. And, of course, Sebi for sort of giving up your time to talk oh. all things Man United. And that has been another episode of Muga. Make sure you check out the Patreon. We're actually putting content out there. I forgot to plug that at the start. <laughs> check that. Mariah's going to kick my ass, man. I'm going to get some notifications when this stops recording. <laughs> Make sure you check out the Patreon. And um, yeah, man, let's have a good week. Let's have a winning week. Let's have a week where we beat Barcelona and we beat Newcastle. 
Take care, people. Bless up. Last one, lads. Take care. Rashford, he's in here. He scores! Marcus Rashford takes yet another step up the ladder. And it's a lad from Manchester who scores. What Only chance in my team like Man U. Thank you, man. Bars in my head like shampoo. Violate my squad, might bang you. Only champs in my team like man you. Yeah, like man you. Thank you, man. Bars in my head like shampoo. Violate my squad, might bang you. Only champs in my team like man you. Yeah, like man you. Sports Social Podcast Network.